you no longer have any mass or tumor wow. at all. It had completely gone away. It was considered a modern day miracle. And I'll end with this as it relates to my story. Purpose for me, the meaning behind why I existed, to be really honest with you, it was hanging out with my friends and having fun. It was winning basketball games. I mean, that was purposeful living for me. But you better believe after this miraculous set of circumstances, I started to ask questions that I had never asked before in my life. And here's, here's what some of the questions were. Who am I really? Second, who's my sphere of influence? The way that, you know, I am here to reach and to serve that no one else on the planet can, can reach and serve me. And then I remember saying this, God, if you let me know who they are, I will serve them for the rest of my life to the best of my ability. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Life and Leadership Connected Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. My name is David Aliana Cruz and I'm your host. In this podcast, we talk about life purpose and why that gives us meaning and direction in our life. We talk about life and leadership. What gives us life? How do we become and continue to be a good leaders with great impact on other people? How do we combine life and leadership in a good and healthy and sustainable way? These are questions we will discuss in this podcast. Uh, if you want more information, go to lifeandleadershipconnected.com. I'm your host and coach, David Daliano Cruz. Let's start writing in this episode. Okay, hello, hello, dear listeners. Uh, today we have a, a special guest here on this first episode of this Life Leadership Connected podcast. It's Rob Holman. Welcome to the show. Welcome. David, listen, it's complete joy and honor to be with you. I'm excited for our conversation. And so uh, really appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, we will have a conversation, uh, me and Rob will have a conversation here. Uh, and uh, before we start that conversation. I'll just give a short presentation who Rob is. Uh, and for example, he, he he's a speaker. He's a, a, a global speaker, travels around the world and speaks to different audience. He's a, he's a, a trainer, he's an author, written three books. Uh, he's an internationally recognized uh, leadership expert and an executive coach. He has a heart for authenticity, uh, authenticity relationships. And he's really true talented in equipping people with skills and the knowledge necessary for success. And uh, he loves to inspire people uh, with something called inside out living. I think he can explain that more later what, what it is. And he's also CEO for a company called uh, Holman International in Philadelphia, US. Um, is there something I missed? Is there something you want to add to this, Rob? Well, I'll tell you, you, you pretty much hit it all. Uh, no, the only thing I'd say is I, you know, I listened to you and I listened to an introduction. Thank you. You're so gracious. But I'm like, 
is he introducing me? Who is this guy? And I say that to say, um, you know, I think really if you were to wrap your arms around all of that introduction, it speaks to one thing that I'm so grateful for. And I'm a student, I'm a learner. Mm. And I really try to learn from anyone at any time, regardless of who they are, where they come from. And what that does for me, it kind of fills me up. It inspires me, it encourages me. And then I want to give more of that away to other people. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm really thankful for that. You know, that I, I'll call it maybe a little bit of a gift or or whatever of just the ability to learn and want to give away what I have learned. So, but no, you did great. Thank you. Okay. Uh, in every um, in every podcast that I do with guests, I'm going to ask uh, four questions and I will just uh, give them here now to you listeners. The first one is this. Um, uh, tell me about what gives you life within the area of focus you have chosen to spend most of your time in, in your life and how, how you keep your energy at high level day by day. Uh, second question. Tell me about your leadership of yourself and others and about some challenges and milestones that have shaped you to the person you are today and the most important lesson you have learned as a leader. Uh, third question, tell me how you successfully combine your role as a leader of yourself and other people and your life as a healthy human being. What challenges and success factors? And the fourth question, what gives you purpose and meaning in life? What is your why, your purpose, your motivation for what you do. And uh, hopefully uh, you will answer those questions when you talk a bit about what you do and about yourself. Uh, or I might ask them, uh, put them, you know, ask ask them to directly later on. Rob, why don't you tell, your, tell you a bit about yourself? Tell me your story uh, or what has formed you to the person you are today. And uh, and uh, yeah, and, and what you do, tell, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, no, thank you. I think it's a very interesting question because it really gives people insight uh, into who I am. So yeah. when I actually start talking about what I do, it make it's like, yeah, I get it. I really, really get it. So th thank you for that, David. Yeah, I I'm going to take everyone back with me when I was 21 years old, entering into my senior year of university. Now, David, this is years ago because I'm 48 years old now. So people oh. can maybe do that. Okay, this is many, many years ago. However, really important milestone moment in my life personally that's really shaped me to who I am today. And so as you can imagine, 21 years old, I'm ready mm -hmm. to embark on my the greatest year of my life. That's what people always used to say. And I was getting ready to, uh, as I uh, heading down to my senior year of, of university, I was a basketball player. I was captain of the basketball team. I was a business administration student. So I had the rest of my life ahead of me. Certainly, I had my senior year of university ahead of me. But one major problem that set in just a, about a month and a half before I went to the college or the university campus for my senior year. I had a major tumor, major uh, mass in mm. my abdomen. And this mass or this tumor was growing with every day. It was extremely, extremely painful. And I saw the doctor uh, as soon as I arrived at the college campus, because even though my mom at the time was pleading with me to go and see a doctor, I said, no, mom, I'll be okay. I'll be all right. I'll wait till I get to, to the college campus because every year when I went made it to the university campus, I had to get a physical. 
I had to see the doctor to make sure I was physically fit to play basketball for the year. So I told my mom, I'll just hold off for a few weeks until we make it to the university and I'll get checked out at that time. And uh, don't you know, mom was right. I should have gotten it checked out a lot earlier because as I got checked out, the doctor said to me right away, you have to get tests done right away. And so I can remember David getting that news when I went to the university campus and I got checked out by a doctor and he said, you have to get tests done right away. I could see it in his eyes that it was somewhat serious. So you can imagine as a 21 year old young man that was excited about my senior year, it's almost as though every, everything came to a screeching halt of all this joy, all this excitement, all this purpose, all this enthusiasm, but now I have this mass that's growing and painful in my abdomen. So to make a long story short, I get one test, two tests, three tests, five tests, nearly 10 tests throughout a course of about six weeks. And the doctors did not know what it was. It, the, the mass was so abnormal. They were not ruling out cancer because it was so unusual. They didn't know really what it was. And again, I saw specialist after specialist. I took test after test. And the doctor said, Rob, and to my family, we don't know what it is. So if we can't clearly diagnose it. We can't tell you what should be done about it. So you can imagine a six-week process of all this unknown. I missed some of the preseason basketball. My grades were not, I wasn't doing that well in school because I was confused. I was frustrated, I was discouraged until what I'm about to share with you radically changed the course of my life. I go in after about six weeks of not having a diagnosis and I go to see an ultrasound specialist at a world-renowned hospital, not too far from where I live, uh, in the greater Philadelphia area of Pennsylvania in the United States. And this doctor who had all the other test results from all the other ultrasounds and CAT scans and all the different tests, he had all the test results up on the screen for me to look at. But as he proceeds to actually try to understand what's going on as he's checking me out, as he's examining me, to his utter amazement, I still see what he looked like. And it's very difficult to put into words, but he, he, he went like this. He was like, his eyes went really big and really wide. Oh. And he said, Rob, I don't have words that can adequately describe what I'm about to share with you, but hold on tight. I'm going to do my best. And he proceeds to say, David, you no longer have any mass or tumor wow. at all. It had completely gone away. It was considered a modern day miracle. And I'll end with this as it relates to my story. Purpose for me, the meaning behind why I existed, to be really honest with you, it was hanging out with my friends and having fun. It was winning basketball games. I mean, that was purposeful living for me. But you better believe after this miraculous set of circumstances, I started to ask questions that I had never asked before in my life. And here's, here's what some of the questions were. Who am I really? Second, who's my sphere of influence? The way that, you know, I am here to reach and to serve that no one else on the planet can, can reach and serve me. 
And then I remember saying this, God, if you let me know who they are, I will serve them for the rest of my life to the best of my ability. And little did I know now over 26 years later, I can't believe I'm even saying it, 26 years later, David, I would be serving leaders all around the world, helping them discover who they are and why they exist on the planet that's unique for them, apart from 8 billion people, only to see that infused into what they do as a profession. I am totally blessed. I'm so grateful. And that's a bit of my story, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> wow, what a story. What a wonderful story. Wow. Um, Thank you. Uh, and you, and I'm thinking, yeah, because um, you 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 written you written three books uh, three books and uh, in the first book you you talk a lot about about purpose about purpose um, and uh, um, uh, how how would you describe um, if you would if you would just put in words uh, uh, one or two thoughts about what's in your first book. How would you say that? How would you, uh, yeah, to give me a short description of your first book, uh, because I think that uh, we, because I've read I've read all, all three books, and it seems that the first book is much about uh, how how to get to know yourself, uh, get to know your purpose, and tell me if I'm wrong. And the, the second book uh, seems to be like, uh, what's the problem, and how how and how, how do we solve it? Where, where's the solution? And the third book seems to be like. Yeah, how how do you get successful? So it, it seemed like a red thread. Uh, yeah. So uh, so if you if you start with one or two thoughts about. Uh, oh, by the way, before we do that, uh, tell us first about this uh, concept that you have um, outside in living uh, or living uh, living. Um, let me see if I get it right here. You talk about uh, to live. Uh, let me see. Uh, li live inside out. Is that? That's right. Yeah, that's correct. You know, inside out leadership, it's all about, you know, a lot of times when people think leadership, mm -hmm. they, and I was tempted to do the same thing for many years. You think of what are the latest and greatest leadership techniques or strategies to help influence those around you. Now, there's a place for them. That's important. But for me, inside out leadership has everything to do with starting with yourself. You know, you as the leader, not as much about who you lead, but more about who you are. It's more of that personal leadership piece, that self-leadership piece, because at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer, David, mm. that we can only give away what we've received. Mm. So if we receive more about our identity, our unique identity as a human being and as a leader, then we can give more of ourselves away selflessly to other people around us mm -hmm. and begin to lead much more effectively around us. So inside out leadership really starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with the person themselves first mm -hmm. to better get to know who you are, get to better net, let know why you're alive, why you're here. So that when you go to serve others in your sphere of influence or network, mm -hmm. you could be that much more effective in doing so. And so lead the way the first book I wrote mm -hmm was really laying the foundation of the importance of personal leadership. And so in personal leadership, um, it's important certainly to know why we exist, 
you know, the big why question, like, mm. why am I here apart from every other person on the planet? That's really important. But what I do or what do I try to attempt in the book is not to even start talking as much about your purpose or the meaning of your existence, but actually who you are as a unique human being and individual first. Because when you do actually discover or rediscover who you are, your identity, then when you begin to actually think about why you're here, the importance behind it, the significance behind it, it's going to make a whole lot more sense. So five things I encourage people, leaders, to consider in helping them embrace their uniqueness. The mm. first is, do you know your personal core values? The things that are really important and valuable to you, the things that you stand by, you stand firm in, that you're actually making decisions out of these places all day long, but may not fully realize it. So what would you say your personal core values are? I'll give an example for me. One of my personal core values is commitment. I'm an extremely committed person. And so, but your personal core values could be different than me or how you define them could be different than me. So number one, if you want to embrace your unique identity, really embrace who you are to discover, rediscover why you exist, you got to know your personal core values. Second, what would you say your top strengths are? Your top natural talents, ever since you were a little boy or girl, the things that came more naturally to you that when you were taking part in them, there was like an abundance of fruit. There was an ease, there was a joy, a lot of fruit, a lot of positivity came from it when you were actually doing these things. So number one, what are your personal core values? Number two, what are your top strengths? Number three, what would you say your top passion areas are? Passions are things that literally have you leaping out of bed in the morning in which to do or to accomplish. Hmm. So what would you say your top passions are, passion areas are? Number four, what are your most significant life milestones? The things that happen in your life, now they could be of, of big time challenge or they could be of tremendous blessing, but you knew when you were going through them or certainly when you came out of them that you'd never ever be the same. In other words, they'd help shape you to become the person you are today with a message and a story to share. The fifth and final area is what do you believe your primary gift that you've been given in life truly is? In other words, if the world were to give you a one, one big hug all at the same time in a nice gentle way, what would come oozing out of you the most? Is it uh, you as you're a great encourager? Are you a great empathetic person? Are you an extraordinary leader? Are you a teacher? Because what a primary gift does, when you're no longer on this earth any longer, it's truly a legacy you leave behind on the earth that positively affects future generations. So I really encourage leaders, if you take a closer look at those five key areas I just mentioned and really begin to discover, reflect, and rediscover some beautiful things about yourself, now is a natural byproduct of that. You can't help but start saying, okay, now that I know who I am, why am I really here? Interesting, really interesting. And I think it's, it's quite, quite um, appropriate here to, to, um, to uh, ask you the, this uh, first question, because when you had this experience, uh, when you, you, your, this tumor was gone, and you, you realize you start searching for a purpose, what did you find? Uh, like, what is it that gives you light? 
uh, an energy every day. What, what, what would you say that you get? Uh, or what what give you energy to to get up every morning? What's your what's your purpose? Yeah, I mean, I I almost immediately, although it was a process too. If I was honest, it didn't all come to me at the same time. I'd like to think so, but. There were some things that right away did come pretty immediately, but then over time, they became more pronounced in my life. And one particular and very practical thing I want to highlight in that is, um, I just started to have what I consider a higher perspective on myself on those, and also those around me. In other words, I became so much more grateful for who I was, for the people in my life, and for the circumstances that I found myself in. I just became more grateful. Another way I like to put it, David, is I just started to look for the good in any situation I found myself in. I wasn't like, oh, this is horrible and it's never gonna get better. But actually I even took a look at challenge from a different perspective. I would start to see the life or the solution in the midst of the challenge and become grateful for it before it even manifested itself. So I would say a very practical thing, and I thank God for this, right? And I, I really thank him for giving me that higher perspective to begin looking at myself and others from a much higher place. And so in and out of that place of gratitude and thankfulness, and this is something that leaders can practice, you know, day in and day out of what are you most grateful for and be as specific as you possibly can and even when a chat, when we're faced with a, a tremendous challenge, I, I'm a firm believer that when we look for the good, we'll find it. It's whether or not we're actually looking for it that really is telling. Mm. Wow, interesting. Yeah, uh, and if we if you go then to the to the second book, is, by the way, I didn't mention that. What, what, tell us the name of the first book. We didn't mention that. What's the name? Yeah, the name is called Lead the Way. And that's, again, more dealing with that personal leadership. Yes. Uh, and then the first book is called All In, right? All In. Yeah. Uh, and the second book is called All In. Yes. And I, I, and I saw this, um, this um, um, uh, subtitle, how, how, how Impactful Teams Build Trust for, for, uh, from the Inside Out. So it's much about a bit of team building, a uh, little bit of team building. Um, uh, and uh, as I say, I've noticed there's they're like a red thread. How would you say, uh, how is the continuation? Uh, how do you bring the perspectives from the first book into the second book and develop that? Can you dwell, dwell about, about that a little bit? Yeah. So if you think about if, if leadership at the core begins with you as a unique human being, right, with gifts and strengths and uh, significance and uniqueness. Um, now, as we begin to look around us, we don't have to look far and wide to know that there's going to be people that uh, we've been asked to lead. And oftentimes those people are gonna be very different than us. <laughs> I like to think that everyone would be exactly like me or everyone would be exactly like you, but wouldn't that make life boring? Um, if, if everyone was like me, um, you know, way back years ago, I was like, well, things would be a lot easier, but only to find out that it wouldn't be easier. It would, wouldn't be nearly as colorful. There wouldn't be nearly as much life. And so 
when we begin to look at those around us in business, our team members, uh, if we're talking our marriages and our children or family members, our community, I mean, we take it in different aspects of life. So really the book All In has to do with how do we build and foster trust from the inside out? Because I think we can agree with this, David, and I want to know if you follow me with this, but if, if relationships don't have trust, they just don't have too much at all. Absolutely. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. But but yet if we can learn what trust is, if we can learn to build and foster trust, even in a short period of time, how much more fulfilling are relationships, unifying, peace giving. Um, now you're actually uh, there to lift your team member up, not tear them down. So the book All In lays out, you know, how do you actually build and foster trust from the inside out. And a, a huge aspect of trust is something that's called presence. You know, there, there's just something when you're with someone that you're not as distracted about what you're gonna do after you meet with them. Uh, you're focused on them. Now, easier said than done, so I understand. But when you are like, well, I'll ask you a question, David. So have you ever, with someone in your life that's very close, have you ever been with them? And it's almost as though when you're with them, you're present with them and they're present with you. Have you ever felt the feeling as though like no one else is in this world but us? <laughs> we're, we're the only ones right now because we're so focused on each other. We're so present mm -hmm. with each other. It's as mm -hmm. though other things and other people fade away. Mm. Yes, yes. A few times, yes. And so when you're in that place, how do you feel and how do you think the other person feels? Well, of course, he feels like uh, he's very important. He's very important. Uh, right. You have, you have, you have, um, he has all your intent, your um, attention. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's it. People naturally feel valued, appreciated, respected when you're really focused on that one person. Now, again, it's very difficult, especially in the world that we live in with all the distractions, all the temptations, and leaders are no different. Leaders have a lot of demand on their time, responsibility. So for them to actually be more present with their team members, it requires some things from them. So the book All In, All In really lays out some things that leaders should consider, um, the sacrifices that need to be made, the attention to detail that needs to be there so that as a natural result, they are more present with their team members. And as a natural result of that, then productivity goes up and you feel like you can really accomplish the impossible together. And that's the mm. book all in. Uh, wow. Yes. And, um, and if you, if you then go to the, this, uh, uh, to this third book that, that you wrote, uh, the, th the name of the third book is, uh, uh, let me see here, it's the, the, let me see, it's the, to tell us what the third book is. Yep, Move move the Needle. Yes, Move the Needle, yes. Uh, and I see that the subtitle is How Inside Out Leaders Influence or Organization Culture. So it's more about organization, right? Right. 
Yeah, it is more about organization. So I, I find that so many leaders, and even how I define leader, right? Um, sometimes we think it's just the the one that has the CEO title. Uh, sometimes we think it's they're, they're a C-suite executive, an executive, a high-level manager, a leader, that they're the ones with the greatest influence. Now, we know certainly those with certain titles bring a level of influence and impact. There's no doubt about it. But I also like to highlight sometimes those that don't have the strongest title can ultimately have the greatest influence within an organization. It doesn't have as much to do with title as much as it has to do with your heart and your mind with being quick to serve those around you. Mm. Wow. Wow. Um, and uh, if we take a, I think we should take a, a quick short break here, break for, for some information. So uh, for your listeners, just uh, hang on and, and we'll come back very soon. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to this uh, interview with Rob Holman. Rob Holman. Uh, uh, before we, before the break, you spoke about uh, your your two books, sir. and uh, why don't we uh, why don't we take a, a short? Uh, I will go back a little bit here. And uh, in the beginning of the interview, I, I said that I uh, have uh, four questions that I uh, want to ask uh, all, all the interviewers and. And the first one you answered, uh, uh, the first one was, uh, can you just repeat it very quickly here? Uh, first one was, tell me about uh, about your about what gives you life within the area of your of your focus of your focus you have chosen to spend most of your time in in your life and how you keep your energy at high level day by day. Uh, and uh, I think you answered that you answered that already. But if you go to the second question. Uh, it's about leadership. About leadership. Um, um, you spoke. You've spoke. Can you speak about some more challenges uh, that you've had in in your leadership life, and how you've tackled those challenges? Yeah. Thank you for that question. Yeah. Tremendous leadership challenges over over the years, and you know that's the thing. No leader um, ever you know, doesn't have challenges. We all face them. It's how we face them. And so I will, um, I'm going to give you one of the largest leadership challenges I've ever had to face. Uh -huh. So, uh, and this is, a, it has to do with the story. So the story was, I was hosting a big leadership conference in uh, right outside of the city of Philadelphia. You know, I live about 40 minutes outside of the city of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, United States. And I was getting ready with about 50 leaders, 50 top leaders within small business. And we were all excited for this big conference, David. And the planning for this conference, it was about you know, close to nine months that we were planning for it. We had the location, the people were excited to come. Everything was wonderful until about a week before the conference took place. Now, to appreciate, being a host for a conference like this, not only was I speaking at the conference multiple times, 
but I was also hosting. So it was my responsibility to put together a team of about uh, seven or eight people that each had the various tasks, you know, to, you know, one person had to handle the sound, another person had to handle the speakers, another person had to handle sponsors, uh, another person had to handle the venue that we had the conference at. So I had a full-fledged team. We were all excited. A week before the conference started, I find out that one of my friends, who was 30 years old at the time, died in a car, mm. a car accident. He was 30 years old, had the rest of his life ahead. Um, he was a brilliant entrepreneur. He was a brilliant creative thinker. I mentored him for a couple of years prior to his death. As you can imagine, when you get news like that, regardless of the conference that was ahead, but just getting any news like that, I was I was shocked. And um, and so his family came up from uh, the the south part of the United States. They came up and quickly, myself and other people, our church community started to surround his brother, his mom, his dad, et cetera, and just to care for them, to grieve with them. And you can imagine that was a few day process leading up to his memorial service. Well, don't you know, in the midst of that, guess what his memorial service was? It was the day of my conference. Oh, no. And I had decisions to make as a leader of the conference. Again, nine months of planning went into this conference. Do I cancel the conference? Do I go to the conference and not go to his memorial service? Now, thankfully, his memorial service was literally about a mile up the road from where the conference was going to take place. And um, I had to make decisions. And quite frankly, I didn't really know what to do at first. I was grieving. I had a lot of heartache in my own life. But yet I'm supposed to lead this team of staff members for this conference and then 50 people I'm supposed to host coming in from this for this conference. And not to mention, I wanted to be there for this young man's family who was coming in that was really shocked and they were saddened deeply because they lost their, their son. Well, the more time I took in prayer and I talked to some very close people in my life, um, I said the conference must go on, but I also needed to attend his memorial service. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I made some decisions with our team. Talk about lead, tough leadership decisions. I mm -hmm. met with our team and many of our team members knew also knew this young man. Oh. And they were, they were shocked and heartbroken. And I went around to each team member and I said that knew him. And I said, if you just need time to grieve, if you just need time to work through what had happened, you just need to know it's okay with me. You do not have to take part in the conference at all. Hmm. Hmm. For me, in other words, as a leader, it was more important to care for my team members' well-being than just to, to push forward with the conference and try to make it happen the same way we envisioned for nine months leading up to that time. Hmm. Wow. At the end of the day, some leaders, they decided not to participate in the conference. And I was like, yes, and you need to just go to the memorial service and you need to process through this. That is okay. And I'm going to be a big encourager for you in that process. There were others 
that decided to join with me in going to the conference. However, I took a, I took a break at the conference to walk, to walk up the street in about a mile. And, uh, and I did attend his memorial service. And I told those at the conference, I was very honest. I was very real. And I told them what had, what recently went on and what I was about to do. So after I, I gave the opening keynote talk at the conference, I walked up and I left my, my hosting responsibilities to other team members. And I walked up to the memorial service for about an hour and a half. I mourned with the family. And then I went back to the conference and continued. Hmm. And don't you know that the team members still today say, Rob, thank you so much for the very difficult leadership challenges that you faced that day and not really, you know, not really initially knowing what to do, but really going with your heart of what you believe was right to do and letting us grieve, having empathy for us, but also fulfilling some roles that you had for the conference to serve those that were going out of their way to come. And I'll tell you, David, that is something that will always stick into my heart and my mind of one of the greatest leadership challenges I've ever faced. And I thank God for allowing me to respond the way that I did with empathy, with understanding and with presence. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Rob. Uh, I'm thinking also, this is a big challenge, uh, but often leaders face also daily challenges. And uh, one of the questions is, um, how do you balance life, life with leadership daily? I mean, uh, I know you have a family uh, and, um, and and kids and so on, and uh, and, and you travel the world uh, and speak and so on. How, how do you how do you manage? Because I know you're you're um, you're very organized. I've read your books and very very organized. Um, so tell tell us a little bit how you how you can combine life and leadership in in a peaceful way. For me, it has everything to knowing my priorities. Knowing priorities is is everything because when you know and embrace what matters most to you in this season. And I like to break things up in seasons because seasons can change. Priorities can change. Mm. So for me, I've just fully embraced. I understand what my priorities are in the season and I've defined them. Uh, not only I know them, but my family knows them. People closest to me know them, my team members. my And because of my priorities, I say no a whole lot more than I say yes. And in other words, I'm very focused because I know my priorities. And so when an opportunity comes my way and I get many different opportunities to speak, to write, to do all these different things, if it's not in alignment with my priorities in the season, I can say no with great confidence. Mm. Because every time I say no to things that I probably shouldn't engage in in the first place, I get to actually say yes to more of my priorities. Mm. Yes. And you know, I'll give you an example that my family, you know, I've been married for 19 years. Mm -hmm. I have three children. My oldest is 15. My next is 12. And my youngest is seven. Mm -hmm. So family life to me in this season, there's so much going on and I don't want to miss things on the family front. I love mm -hmm. my wife and I love my kids mm -hmm. um, probably even more than I realize. And mm -hmm. I realize it a whole lot. So for me, even when I travel, um, how many days am I away? That really matters. It matters to me. Like I, I very rarely ever spend more than like three days away in any given time. 
Once in a while I will, but it has to be in alignment with my values and my priorities. Hmm. And that's really, really important to me because David, what I've understood is leaders do have just so much demand on their time, on their presence, their responsibilities, everything. And the thing about leadership is the more you grow and mature as a leader, people are only going to want more of your time, not less. So it's our management of our time, knowing our priorities, knowing our boundaries, learning how to say no to things that are not in good alignment with our priorities and our boundaries. That means a lot. So, and I, I want to encourage the listeners, the viewers to uh, a practical framework that I think will help with people that really, um, I don't know, are asking you to do this and asking you to do that. And you don't know as a leader, should I do it or should I not? And I think there's three things when people really want you to do something, it falls into three different buckets. First bucket is this. Sometimes team members or family members or friends, they want you to do them a favor, right? So that's that's one bucket. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's favors. Other times it's obligations. You feel obligated that you should do something. Whether or not you should do it, it's a different story, but you feel obligated. The third and final bucket is it's an opportunity. It could be a genuine opportunity. So as leaders get people coming to them with requests and petitions to help us sift through that process of saying yes or no, we've got to be firm knowing our priorities, putting boundaries around those priorities, and then being quick to let people know, yes, I can do it but here's how it's going to look or no, I can't do it for this reason or another. And mm. I found for me, it's been extremely, extremely helpful. Yes. Yes. And you told me a story about uh, when you were in, in college that um, just, the other people, your friends, that they, um, they stayed up studying uh, long, long hours and uh, yeah, studied later, but you, and also read in one of the books where before I, every speaking engagement, you start to prepare about one month in advance and really are, plan so you, you can rest you know that's um that's a real that's encouragement right. well, it's, it's important yeah it really is and i think you know when we understand our priorities and our boundaries uh, we could be more proactive and not as reactive and um yeah i mean do you find the same to be true when you're being much more proactive it's almost as though i don't know it's like life slows down a little bit. Leadership slows down a little bit mm. for you because you're mm. a couple steps ahead. Is that how you find it as well, David? Yes, yes. I'm also very structured. Uh, and uh, as I told you earlier, when we speak, spoke, I, I'm also a morning person uh, and I go up early and, you know, and yeah, stay close with my purpose. And my, yeah, in, in for me, it's my, my faith. So, um, so um, yeah. So um, yeah, I think in that in that in that case in that area we, we are similar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and we're both yeah we both get up early. I, this morning I I get up around five thirty in the morning. I don't know how early do you get up? Uh, oh, quite early, about five or something. Five. Okay, so you even get you even get up a little earlier than I do. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get up at five thirty. I like to I like to pray. I like to um, have a time of gratitude. And then shortly after that, I get the kids off. And then I like to 
uh, I also like to go out and do some exercise and uh, kind of clear my mind and my heart and get ready for the day. So, yes, I'm just gonna. Uh, I saw that the the light is very dark here. I'm just gonna try to fix that here. Just a minute. Let me see here. Okay, sure. Let me see here. Here's some more light. Yes. Now. There we okay. go. Uh, okay, Rob. Uh, now you've spoken about uh, about three of your books, but you you're you're about to write a, a fourth book. Uh, tell me, um, tell me the title of the book and and what what's what's it about. So I just completed it and which is so exciting. I love, you know how it is. You like to complete a project when you've been working on it for a while. And it's been about a three year project for me, this writing project. And the book is called Lessons from Abdul. Mm -hmm. And it's the hidden power of receiving from anyone at any time. And the book, you know, David, we've heard for so long, and not just you, me, but so many people, so many leaders all around the world, it's better to give than to receive, mm -hmm. right? We, we've heard this and it's it's true, certainly, at least to some degree. Um, and it, it, it reaps so many wonderful rewards in our own life as we give other people as they are recipients. My book is to bring what I believe a much needed balance to the giving and receiving. Mm -hmm. And I like to say it this way. Can you imagine if everyone in the world was giving, who would there be to receive? Mm -hmm. So True. in other words, the, the book has everything to do with teaching. How can leaders, how can human beings be better receivers how can we receive in a more authentic genuine and deeper way so that when we learn how to receive we can give to others so much more out of a selfless servanthood filled heart because i find that there are in the book in chapter one you're going to love this yeah i lay out seven primary reasons why why people and leaders are unable to receive. And it's amazing for me. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you one prime example. So I lay this out in, in chapter one of the primary reasons why leaders are unable to receive. And then the rest of the book talks about how we can receive much more effectively. And all this is learned. There's 10 transformative lessons that I, I lay out in the book, one each chapter. And these are lessons that I learned from arguably one of the greatest mentors I've ever had. And his name was Abdul. That's why the book's title is called mm. Lessons from Abdul. Okay. The yeah. hidden power of learning, you know, the hidden power of receiving from anyone, any time. And Abdul, mm. he wasn't like me. He was very different than I was. When I first met him, I was only 10. He was about 40 years old. I'm I'm white. He was African American. I lived a middle to upper class life. He was very poor. I grew up Christian, and he was Muslim. Mm. So in the book, these are lessons that he taught me over a course of so many years and so many wonderful friendship we had, of how you, if you apply these lessons, you can be that much more effective in receiving. Mm. 
thus being able to be a much more effective giver as a natural result. But one of the things I want to highlight in chapter one of one of the primary reasons why people find it difficult to receive, okay? So think of like a compliment or if someone encourages you or, or gives you a praise or gives you a... What's your natural, and then maybe not you, but what do you think the natural response most people have when they receive a, a praise, a compliment, or a word of encouragement? What do you think they do? They feel like, uh, no, no, no. Uh, at least in Sweden, I think. Uh, I think it's a bit different in America, perhaps, but in Sweden, no, at least not, not me. No, no. So they, they just uh, hard to take it in. That's right. And same in the United States as well. What happens is people find it difficult to take in because they don't want their ego to get any bigger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what they'll do is they will deflect the compliment, the praise, the word of encouragement. And they may say something like this. A leader may say something like this. If let's say you recognize a leader for doing a really good job with a project. Let's say someone says, oh, you did an awesome job. I'm so proud of you. You led your team to victory. It was an amazing job you did as a leader. A lot of leaders will deflect that and say something like this. Well, it wasn't me. It was my team that did it. Now, David, it sounds noble. It sounds admirable. Hmm. And to some degree, maybe it is. However, what I've found with people, myself being one, mm. that does that on occasion, we can actually be deflecting what we actually need to hear very deeply mm. to bring us the encouragement and the inspiration that's needed moving forward. Mm. And if I don't learn how, I'm not talking about um, taking from people, that's something different. I'm not talking about, you know, receiving things to manipulate people in situations and, and walking around with a, with a big ego that can barely fit through the door. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking in the most genuine sense when leaders learn how to receive compliments, help and support, and also different perspectives and opinions. Now it actually sets us up from learning. And when we remain a student and we remain a learner, we start digging into a very deep well, well within ourselves. And our well starts digging up with more and more life and more and more things that we now can begin to encourage other people with within our own network and people around us. Mm -hmm. So lessons from Abdul has everything to do with helping people practically learn how to better receive so you can better give. Wow, amazing, amazing! Uh, and you said that the book has uh, is is it available right now, or is it uh, can you, where where can you buy it? Yeah, can't buy it yet, but I just finished it up. My editor just finished it. We we completed mm -hmm. the work, yeah. so now it goes into a process of you know I have to work on the the book cover, the interior mm -hmm. design, all these wonderful things that are associated with books. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm anticipating that this will be available for pre order towards the end of this year. Okay. So towards the end of 2023, and I'll make sure to let you and your and your audience know when it is available on pre-order. 
Um, it'll probably be available pre-order towards the end of the year. And then official global launch will be most likely after the new year. So I'm just thrilled if you can't tell already. Oh, wow. Wonderful, wonderful. And if people, and now I talk to you listeners here and viewers, if you if you have been inspired by what Rob uh, talks about here and you want to get to know more, uh, then where, 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 where do we find you, Rob? How can we reach you? Yeah, I'm on all the social channels. So it's it's different for everyone, but LinkedIn is a wonderful, you know, certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, you know, it's Rob, R-O-B-B, Holman, H-O-L-M-A-N. So uh, LinkedIn profile is a great way to connect with me. And just let me know that when you do reach out to me, let me know that you um, are a listener and a viewer of David's podcast. Hmm. And um, and just so I'll make that connection with you as well. But yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on X, which is formerly known as Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well. Hmm. But a centralized place, if you want more free resources to, for you to grow in this inside out leadership philosophy and principles would be my personal website. And that is robholman.com. Great, great. Uh, I will just repeat the names of the books here. If if if, if people want to get hold of your your um, your uh, earlier books, um, the first book is also yep. called uh, "Lead the Way." Lead the way. Uh, inside out leadership uh, principles for business owners and leaders. And the second book is "All In: How Impactful Teams Build Trust from the Inside Out." And the third one is uh, Move the Needle, How Inside-Out Leadership Influence organization, uh, Organizational Culture. And the fourth one that's coming very soon is called uh, Lesson from Abdul, The Hidden Power of Receiving from Anyone, Anytime. That's right. Okay, yeah. it has been really great to talk to, to you, uh, Rob. Is there something that you would like to add now uh, that we missed uh, in this podcast or... Well, you need to know, it was just a a wonderful conversation. Really appreciate who you are, David, the work that you're doing. I'm looking forward to following you with some other guests that you're going to have on the, you know, in the, in the upcoming months uh, and years ahead. But thank you for the work that you do, uh, where you are throughout the world with the influence, the impact that you're having. And um, yeah, thank you for the impression that you've had on me, the influence you've had on me as well. I would say just a closing thought would be. Take time in the midst of a busy world, in the midst of a busy day, in the midst of busy work life, in the midst of a busy family, perhaps, to take time in reflection. Mm. It's so easy to get caught up in how fast life moves, but we have to be very intentional with taking time for ourselves. Mm. So I want to encourage each person that's listening would you be willing and able to commit to taking just five minutes each day? It doesn't have to be five hours, five minutes each day. You get to choose when that time is best suited for you. Maybe it's when you wake up like it is for me. Maybe it's during your lunch break. Maybe it's right before you go to bed, but five minutes a day that you're willing to commit to, to where you have a time of reflection. It's where you take a time of a deep breath. And here's a framework that I think may help you in a time of reflection. Spend time in that five minutes looking back of the things that you're grateful for. 
looking back throughout the course of your day or the last few days and what are the things that you're most grateful for and looking back. Then I want you to be specific and I want you to look up. And looking up, I want that to represent in the present moment. Who are the people and what are the things you're most grateful for right here and right now? And then lastly, I want you to look ahead. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week of some things that you believe in your heart of hearts and your minds that haven't happened yet, but you really believe that something good's going to come about. Maybe a, a team member that's going to really do a great job on a project. Maybe it's a family member that's going to go in for a series of tests, but you really, you really hope that it's going to come out positive. And I want you to look ahead and I want you to be positive with the things that haven't happened yet, but you're grateful for. And if we can look back and we can look up and we can look forward with a heart of thankfulness and gratitude, what can really truly hold us back? Mm. Then regardless of what happens in life, whether it's the good, it's the challenging, whatever, we're gonna be able to see the silver lining of good. And wherever there's good, there's life. And wherever there's life, our perspective changes on ourselves, on those around us, and also with our set of circumstances. So be encouraged. Take time for yourself and reflection. Thank you, David. Thank you, thank you, Rob. And, uh, and now you listeners here and viewers, uh, uh, again, my name is David Adina Cruz and, and this is the Life Leadership Connected podcast. And I thank you for listening on, on Apple Podcasts, perhaps on Spotify or elsewhere, or watching on YouTube. Um, and uh, welcome back when we release the, our next episode. And until then, if you want to be coached towards purpose, be equipped for lead, life and leadership, and find ways to a balanced life, go to lifeandleadershipconnected.com or wait for the next episode of the podcast Life and Leadership Connected. Thank you for listening or, or viewing. Bye-bye.